cards out of my hands, Senorita. The winds of fate have blown on my destiny, but I will never forget you. You are the love of my life. What's the big brewer? Ha ha ha! You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You can't handle the truth! Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master yeah. Marcus Zill. We're here today in the Student Union with Pastor Mark Preuss in my beloved Laradice, Laramie, Wyoming. Pastor Preuss is the pastor at St. Andrew's Lutheran Church and Campus Center, serving students at the University of Wyoming. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing great. We had so many great sectionals at our Witness Conference in Fort Wayne a couple of months ago. And uh, tell us about dating and witnessing. What do we need to know? All right. Well, the first thing you need to know uh, is that the exception doesn't define the rule. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, let's look at different things that Christians have faced in the last century and a half or so, and you will see that people generally make the exception to find the rule. So, for example, with abortion, people will talk about, what about a woman whose life is in danger? And that is an exception. And that that an ex- that exception doesn't define the rule because, and it doesn't account for the 60 million unborn babies who have been killed, right? Right, absolutely. So if you make if you make the exception of the rule or the exception of the rule, then you you lose the meaning of things. So another example would be if you look at uh, homosexual uh, marriage, and people will say, well. <clears throat> If you say, well, marriage is for children, a man and a man can't have children, and a woman and a woman can't have children, and they will say, well, there are lots of people who are married and don't have kids. Does that mean they're not married? Then you say, well, that's the exception. That's not the rule. Hmm. Do you see? So, and, uh, and so we can say the same thing about marriage. Um, God created you to get married. That's what he created you for. You see this in Genesis 1 and 2. Be fruitful and multiply, right? God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. That was pretty um, much the only thing he said, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, not, uh, well, not to I put mean, a damper on it, but he didn't say, go out and get a degree, go get, you know, do all this other stuff. You know, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Right, right. That was the first thing, you know, and then he talked about having dominion over the earth. But even before right, that, sure. he talked about having, you know, be fruitful and multiply. So the exception doesn't define the rule. You're supposed to get married. Well, what if I have, uh, if I don't feel attraction for uh, an, a person um, of the opposite sex? Well, that's the exception, and the Bible calls that a gift from God, uh, so that you can serve God more, right? Um, so that's the exception, and you shouldn't make the exception to find the rule. Well, Paul didn't get uh, married. Yeah, exactly, right. So, but he's the exception. Right. Well, and which he so, pointed out that he's the exception. Yeah, he did, and he called it specifically a, a gift. He says each one has his own gift, so 
it's actually a gift from God. It's not a decision on your part that you have this gift of celibacy. And this is what, what, what uh, Jesus says when he says, some have been made eunuchs by other men, some are born eunuchs, some are making themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, let the one who is able consider this. He doesn't say the one who wants to, but the one who is able. So, now, who among you, us is able these days? Right, Satan has right. kind of so, taken that off the table with the way he's inflamed things. Well, that's another point, too, is that people who otherwise would have been able to live chaste lives because um, sexuality wasn't placed so um, flagrantly in front of them no longer are able to. Right. So, and this is, this is a point that our confessions make on, um, in the Augsburg Confession and the Apology, that if, if marriage was necessary, if marriage was good and necessary before the fall into sin, how much more is marriage necessary after the fall into sin? Hmm. To avoid, you know, and now we have it to avoid unchastity, that is uh, fornication, you know? Hmm. And uh, so another, the second thing to consider, so the exception doesn't define the rule. If you feel desire for a member of the if you feel sexual desire, you should get married. That's what should happen. And um, you should be looking for a spouse. The second thing is that um, whose work is greater, yours or God's? Oh, you're asking me? Oh, God's, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course, yeah. So God's work is Although greater. Although it's close, right? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> we act like Just it's, uh, kidding. Act like That's what we do, you know? Sure. It's, it's, it's behind every act of... But I get a silver... <laughs> you know, behind all of our worry is our thinking that we're in control, you know? So if God's work is greater than our work, and God created you to get married, um, a young man's priority and a young woman's priority should be to get married. It, that, that's, a, that's the priority. Now, is, are, is a career and is an education important? Yes, they're very important. But those things, and God created you to learn, and God created you uh, to serve your neighbor. But God created you, first of all, to get married. That's what he created you for. And, uh, see, w people don't like this because they're like, well, I was taught from when I was a kid that I can be whatever I want to be. Um, and that's not true. You can't be whatever you want to be, you know? Um, you're, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, my dad would ask us, what do we want to be when we grow up? And, you know, when you're like five years old, you're like, I want to be the garbage man, you know? And, you know, it changes. And my dad would always say, I'm going to be president of the United States when I grow up, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so, you know, he puts this, he gives us this ambition, you know, and it's a wonderful thing. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be all these different things. But these things are incidental to you serving and helping your neighbor. God accomplishes great things through the smallest things and through the things that are really despised by the world, you know, the things that get in the way. Isn't the problem, remember, Pastor Preuss, that we, we have lifted what we do as far as a, you know, a job above all the other vocations that we have that are equally important, if not more so. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of is, leads, leads us to, um, uh, just, there's a distinction like in, in modern or in modern Lutheranism, we've talked about vocation more in the lines of book, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. And, and there is a use for that word of vocation, you know? Sure. We call things vocational colleges, and, and then they study to be, um, you know, an EMT or something like that. Um, but, but that's not uh, 
that's the, the broader sense. But we're talking of, table of duties stuff here, right? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. In the small catechism, probably one of the most neglected parts of the small catechism yep. is the table of duties. And um, in fact, I use still uh, John Pless's Didache book, which mm-hmm. you pronounce Didache. Didache. And, uh, Didache. Well, yeah. he, he's from uh, North Carolina now. So that's how they talk down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But it's an excellent book, and it has an entire chapter on the table of duties. And I think that's very important. Um, of course, now you can't say duty today without people laughing because... Don't you tell me what to do. Doo-doo. No, no. Yeah, right. And it's partly that, but it's also that it's a name for, for doo-doo. You oh. know? Like, <laughs> yeah. The first, my first confirmation class as a pastor, I started talking about their duty. And they just, it was like five teenage <laughs> girls, and they just started laughing at me. And I was like, why are they laughing? And then I found out that duty means, you know, they, they call, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, the, you, the, 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 the table of responsibilities or duties, um, these are things that God created us for, and the, right. or that God has instituted. So what, what God creates is better than what we create. And we can't go beyond what God created us for. In fact, that's what sin is. God created us to love God and trust in Him, and sin is denying, is lawlessness, denying what God created us for. Sure. And denying God's Word, you know? And, and so we, we, we should really recognize, hey, what are these duties? What are these vocations that God has created us for? And some are, are, uh, were created for from the beginning, and some... Um, uh, show themselves after the fall because they're necessary. So um, there are three ways that God governs us here on earth. The three estates is what we call them. And you have the government, the home, and the church. And all of your vocations, the true vocations, are found in these. So originally, before the fall, everything was in the home. You didn't need a church because there was no sin to give forgiveness. And the church's main job is to give the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. You didn't need punishment because there was no... You didn't need government because there was no need for punishment because there was no sin. Do you see what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, so, so those, two, those two estates came about after the fall. They're still created by God, and they're because of the way that we're created, but they're a result of the fall. Yeah, we, we would and still, and even the marriage rite says this, we would, you know, the, the only estate that we would have... God blessed us with before the fall into sin, which is marriage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So marriage was there before the fall, and that's right in the beginning of the the marriage rite, and it's a beautiful beginning mm-hmm. um, in, in our hymnal. Um, and uh, in any case, the so these vocations um, you have in the church, you have pastor and hearer, and in the government you have citizens and um, uh, and civil government. And, um, and then you also have, uh, for the home, you have father, mother, uh, parents, husband, wife, and you also have, uh, um, you know, worker and employee, mm-hmm. which is an ex- or employer and employee, slaves and masters, which is an extension of the home. Although people try to tear that, you know, it's been torn away from the home in many regards today, but it's still an extension of the home because their authority is derived from the parents. So, sure. um, in, it, in any case, uh, when we look at what we need to do, um, w- like to find a spouse, that's just kind of a different question. It's one thing to say, hey, you need to be looking for a spouse. Okay, well, where? I go to 
church. Yeah, absolutely. And That's the number I'm, one I'm question young, young people person. have. Yeah. yeah. And even when, you know, even when times have been nice here in at St. Andrews, when we've had, you know, dozens and dozens of college students, you need to have a critical mass of people before they actually, you know, get together with each other and talk to each other, you know, and hang out with each other and, and become, you know, and fall in love with each other, want to get married, things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, the first thing that we need to recognize is, is, is our need for it. And I'm just going to talk a little bit more about that if I can. No, absolutely. Talk about, you know. so, we got about 10 minutes here, so. Okay, so, you know. so the, need, the need is that we live chaste lives. Um, uh, that's the first need uh, so that we can actually have a clean conscience. And I think we know how many young men and young women, it's not just loneliness that they're feeling, although that's definitely a part of it, it's, it's guilt, you know, or their consciences get hardened because they're um, fooling around or sleeping with their, their girlfriend or boyfriend, or they're looking at stuff on the Internet they shouldn't be looking at. Right. And, and they're, 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 they're inflaming these fires of lust and not learning how to live a contented life with a husband or wife and serve their neighbor. The re- and, and this has so much to do, it is directly related to the hedonism in our culture. You know, what is your priority? Is What is worth more, money or children? And every Christian will say, children are worth more. But they say it, and they don't act it. They don't believe it, you know? Children get in the way of leisure, you know? Well, I mean, what, what does everybody like, do? The classic, uh, oh, well, I'll wait till I get out of graduate school and settle down and have enough money to have a house and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll start thinking about having kids. Right, It's yeah. putting mammon is, first before children. This is another thing that I said, remembering that the, the uh, like, why, why is it that, that, that sodomy and lesbianism are accepted today? And it's because they, the, the purpose of sex has been separate, separated from its, its benefit, like its physical benefit, which mm-hmm. is pleasure, you know? And we see this, like, if you call, like, somebody who eats a lot or eats too much is called uh, drunk, you know? Um, or, or it's called a glutton, right? right? Somebody, who, somebody who drinks too, like, the purpose of eating is for the nourishment, and someone who drinks too much alcohol is called a drunk. The purpose of alcohol is for rest and, and, and merriment and uh, other things like that, or medicinal uses, right? And, uh, and so you call them drunks. And somebody, like, the purpose of sleep is, is recuperation and uh, reviving your body. But somebody who just sleeps all day and sleeps until noon, you call them teenagers usually, but uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 you call them sloths or sluggards, you know? And so what do you call somebody who purposely for the sake, only for the sake of his own pleasure, separates from sex, the purpose of sex, which is children. And you, that, that's fornication, you know, yeah. that's what, that's what, like, what's the problem with homosexuality is because they can't, the act doesn't create children. But if people have been using the act of sex without any, any thought towards children at all, but only towards their own pleasure, and they're not going to condemn people who are doing the same thing. It's almost you know? like we should view, you know, overindulging in terms of drinking we, or, or drugs, as we would call it substance abuse. You should almost call fornication marriage abuse. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, nobody would think of it that way, but in reality, in reality, that's, that's precisely what you're doing. Well, and the Bible talks that way, Marcus, because it says, 
um, all sins that a man commits are outside of his body, but whoever sins uh, sexually immorally uh, sins against his own body. Or, or, do, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, So it's, it's body abuse. It's marriage abuse. Yeah, because you know? our bodies and marriage are ultimately not our own, too. So if you're sinning yeah. against your own body, you're also sinning against your spouse. Well, what right. if I don't have a spouse yet? Well, you will. You're sinning against them now, even though you don't, even though you might not yeah. know who they are. If you're, uh... yeah, and you're sin- you're sinning against God too. You well, know, and right? That's, ultimately, that's where like where every um, you're created for this purpose to deny the purpose for which you're created is is to deny God. That's why it's ultimately you know a denial of God the Father Almighty, uh, Maker of heaven and earth. And I said this at my conference. I said, say, repeat after me. I believe that God has made me. You know, that's the, what does this mean? I believe that God has made me. He created me. And, and so we, re- we need to recognize this, that if we don't see what God made us for, if we, don't, if we don't rejoice in that purpose and accept that purpose, and, and having our consciences cleansed by the blood of Christ, seek to imitate his life as, you know, as he tells us to, where he is a, you know, he, he lays down his life for his bride, then, then we're going to be taken by the world. We're going to be destroyed by our desires. So there's the need. Um, and I think I've laid that out pretty clearly. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and, and the, the second part is uh, how do we do this? You know, and I, That's it. I did That's a horrible it. job. I did a horrible job of explaining this when I actually was there because I didn't have time because I always teach people a hymn at the beginning of any of my things. And so, anyway, I, uh, so I ran out of time, but, but I'm not going to run out of time. I still have a few minutes, right? <laughs> You spend too much time on the hymn, and then you're like, oh, that's all we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Worst sorry. things could happen in very life. Important. No, they are, well, absolutely. Is, it's common among libertarians these days to say that the government should be out, or Christian libertarians and other libertarians, to say the government should be out of the marriage business. And they have all sorts of reasons for this. You know, it can be the income tax, it can be, you know, different things like that. But the error that they make is to say that the church is in charge of marriage. Hmm. But that's not, tr- that's not true. Mm-hmm. The, uh, marriage, marriage is derived from the fourth commandment, but it's derived from the parents. So this is why in the Bible you have, and it's not just the Bible, it's all civilizations until modern times. The parents give their daughters in marriage, and the son can't take a, 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 a woman as his wife without his parents' permission. Right. That is, that is marriage. It is the consent of the two who are being married, and it is the permission of the parents. That's yeah, what it's it the is. whole who gives, this, who gives this woman to be married to this right. man in the ring. Exactly. It's not just an archaic ceremony. It's real. And people get mad about this because they call it patriarchy. But... Um, and that's where patriarchy isn't the rule of a man; it's the rule of a father. It's right. the the arche of a of a of a pater, you know, of a father. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like men being jerks; it's fathers, you know, taking care of their children. And so marriage marriage makes sense in the sense that, like, I have four daughters, and I'm not going to, you know, I take care of them. And just because the government says that my daughter is free from me at 18 doesn't mean that God doesn't tell my daughter, hey, don't marry a guy that your parents uh, don't approve of, you know? Like, unless we're being jerks about it. You know, sure. that happens. But, that's, but again, that's the exception. The like, exception so-and-so, so, you're, you're, 
you know, the guy you're dating is a Green Bay Packer fan. You can't marry him. That would be exasperating the relationship. <laughs> that would be a wonderful relationship. It'd be a close call, but <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, um, so in any case, it, this is, this leads me to say you really, it's not that you're, I'm not talking about like totally arranged marriages. I'm talking about talking to your parents about who to date, you know, they know you, even if they're, even if they, you know, I know a lot of people have, parents have tried to set them up with people, and the parents just seem to be clueless about it. Even if parents do that, it doesn't mean they're not clueless. You just need to talk to them. So if you're interested in a girl or you're interested in a guy, immediately tell your parents, why not? What's the purpose of dating? You know, the purpose of dating is to find a spouse. Talk to your parents about this person. That way, everything is in the light, you know? That's everything true. is open. And the and, parents are no, usually the no. last person you talk to. That's you know you wait till I, I, three months down the well, line, and now that you find out that yeah. you're dating somebody. It's, a, it's also the second point is that you need to talk theology right away. People are so afraid absolutely about, of, of driving people away. You need if you've been on one date with someone and you don't know what the other person's religion is, then why are you interested in the person? Right. You know what 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 actually is your what, what is attracting you to this person? Because if it's just the physical things or something uh, in his personality or her personality, then wouldn't you want to know whether you can be married to this person? Mm -hmm. Because we shouldn't, we shouldn't marry people who aren't Christians, you know? Right. And, uh, and that's where the Bible says, hey, you marry them, um, you get married in the Lord. But pastor, um, it's just a few dates. It's not a big deal. It doesn't matter that they're Mormon. It's not no, like I, I know. It's not thing. like I'll ever marry him. Well, then don't date him. Yeah. Well, that's and that's where like you can you can say, hey, uh, you need to come to church with me. You know, um, <laughs> like if you want to go on a date with me, come to church with me. But this is dating uh, evangelism. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I tell the I tell the gals this all the time. You you have you have the guys right where you want them to get their butts to church. You do. Yeah. Might be an ulterior motive, but they'll come. <laughs> Yeah, right, right. If they're interested in you, if they respect sure, you, right. they'll come. But if they're, if they're not even willing to come to church, then then they're not interested in you because you're a Christian. Right. You know, like, they, they, they're, whatever union you have later will be with God pushed out, you know? So it's, I mean, there are times where a person can convert, of course, but those, again, are the exception. And you shouldn't base your life, you shouldn't plan your life on the exception. You know, you don't plan your life on that. So um, you started off and, and saying that like, the the exception is not the rule, and we just got like a minute and a half for two minutes here. Uh, take us yeah. back to that, and what what advice would you give, or last thoughts here, and then what advice would you give to, you know, the typical college student? They're you know twenty one, twenty two years old. Maybe they're getting out into the world. And they're like, well, what do I do? I haven't found that someone yet. Yeah, I would um, immediately. I would go to a church. And even if you find an Orthodox church, what matters is the pure doctrine. What matters, that is where it is. That's where God's going to take care of you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, including the spouse you pray for. Even then, I have heard of so many situations where there are college students going to some church where there are no young people, and then some nice lady, they, 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 they help out with these nice ladies, and these nice ladies say, hey, you should, you know, you should meet my my nephew or you, you know, there's this man here and, and then a marriage comes from it. Right. Like this is, this is, this happens a lot, but also I would recommend that you, you know, you find 
other Lutherans. Um, you find other Lutherans as often as you can. If you're a young man, uh, you start to get together with other Lutheran young men, and you start to have Bible studies together uh, with the pastor. Um, you know, take your pastor out for for dinner. You know, if you are young and you have some money, you you take care of the pastor's family, take care of other needy families. You practice yourself in what is you're going to be doing if God makes you a father or a mother. And so you get people together. Um, and I also don't, you know, I'm not against online dating. It's just that kind of exceptional circumstance that has become the norm now because everybody is so interested in short-term relationships. But be very careful. Again, talk talk about people you meet online. Do not do this in the darkness, you know. Right. Do, it in the, do it in the light. And make very clear to anybody online that you are a Christian and you're looking for a spouse. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's a very simple thing. Well, we'll so, have to have a, that's probably worthy of a whole show uh, down the line at some point. But of course, you know, we're, we're, Jesus tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto us, right? And right. if uh, if this is, uh, if the church wouldn't have existed, if sin hadn't entered the world and marriage is the uh, the, the estate that would, then then maybe we should just, maybe we should trust that God will, will work this out. <laughs> And we keep doing yeah. what he has given us to do and, and uh, place our hope in him. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Pastor Preuss. Uh, lots of great stuff. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help. <laughs>